Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Utaki, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast from our July luncheon with Paula Marshall. Paula Marshall is the chairman and CEO of the Bama Companies. Bama is an innovator of wholesale bakery products. It counts large-scale restaurant chains, including the nation's largest hamburger chain, the nation's largest pizza chain, and the nation's largest retailer among its customers. Paula Marshall has significantly grown Bama during her three-plus decades as CEO. While setting a precedence on quality, Bama is hailed as a leader in the baking industry and has even been recognized by the United States Department of Commerce as the winner of the prestigious Malcolm Baldridge Award for Quality. The Bama Companies also recently became the first manufacturer in Oklahoma to become a B Corp certified. If you missed the luncheon, it was a great luncheon, just like always. Uh, Paula did a fantastic job uh, kind of talking about her company and talking about her journey. Uh, so I'm excited to share it with you. So let's go ahead and tune in and listen to Paula's message to young business leaders. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If it's okay, I'm going to stand out here because sometimes I'm sure these podiums, I can barely see over them. So I like to make eye contact with everybody. Um, as, as was said, uh, we are a quality organization. So quality means what is the expectation of the customer and are you meeting it? So just so you guys realize, today you are my customer and I am here to meet your expectations. So if there's something I don't cover in my remarks, be sure and ask. You can raise your hand anytime. I like these things to be interactive. I might call on you, so if I see you like playing with your phone or like you're going to sleep or something, I might pick on you and ask you a question. So, you know, be careful, right? <laughs> but anyway, I see a really, really young entrepreneur, and I'm glad that you're here today, and I hope you don't get bored. And if you do, just come up and run around here and we'll play a game or something. But um, I wanted to start out by giving you guys, how many of you guys have heard the story of Bama or read anything about Bama or know anything about how we got started and, and the family legacy and Tulsa, Oklahoma and all that? So I'll, I'll take a couple minutes to, so I saw a few heads, but I think I'm going to assume that most of you all don't know about the family legacy, how we got started here and that our company was founded by my grandmother in 1927, a lot of people asked me, where did the name Bama come from? It was her name. So her name was Alabama Marshall after she married my grandfather named Henry Clay Marshall. And yes, he was a descendant of the Marshalls and the Supreme Court and all that. He did run for governor of Texas once and lost. But um, they had this idea back in the 20s to take my grandmother's recipes because she was an awesome baker and go door to door, literally, these two little people go door to door and sell pies. And that's how our company started, if you can believe that. Today, just to give you a fast forward, 
We make over three million pies every day for McDonald's Corporation. That's, yes, three million. We make five million biscuits every day for McDonald's Corporation. And we now make a million hotcakes a day for McDonald's Corporation. So sitting right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, starting from those very, very, very basic door-to-door -door products, what can you guys learn from me on what does it take to go to those places? So to become an international business. If that's your aspiration, then we're going to talk about some of the cornerstones that have to be in place for you to do that. And the number one reason my grandparents were so successful and was that they planned to get their family involved in the company at a very early age. So my father dropped out of school when it was in eighth grade and went to help my grandmother. And he was the only one of the seven kids that had a developed a love for the pie business. That's what my dad used to call it, the pie business. Today we call it the bakery business, um, in specialty bakery business, because we don't make hamburger buns. A lot of people call and say, do you still make pies? Yes, we do. But we don't make them the same way we did back in the 20s, obviously. You don't make three million of something a day and not have a lot of automation and robotics and other things that, that you bring to, the, bring to the customer. But over the years, Having the family involved in the company was very, very, very important. So having a plan for your management team, for what you want to do, how you want to cultivate your family to be involved in your company is really important. To start talking to your kids now, when they're that age, to say, what do you guys want to do down the road? My, ultimately, all my aunts and uncles were taken out of the business. My dad did buy most of them out over the years. And that left him as the single owner sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, doing fresh pies, just like they had done. This was until up until the 1960s. We were making and delivering fresh pies on routes every day. They were doing about a million dollars in sales. And it was a tough, tough grind. My dad, I remember, was always asleep by the time almost I got home from school and was having dinner. He got up at midnight. He went to make sure the pies were all done right. He got them on the trucks. He actually ran routes. If the route drivers didn't show up at 4 a.m., my dad was out on a route. My mom did a lot of the executive management, the payroll, the administration. It was the two of them for many years. And then my father made a cold call on a guy named Ray Kroc that changed the trajectory of Bama forever. And for those of you who might recognize that name, if you've read the book, Under the Arches, or if you've read, watched the movie Croc, uh, about Mr. Croc, my dad made a cold call on Ray Croc in 1967. That changed the trajectory of Bama completely. So having your family involved, understanding the roles of the family members, the next critical component to business growth is catching on to the wagon of the right customer. I can't underestimate that. Go and look at your customer portfolio. Understand who drives your business. 
understand what their requirements are, be so embedded with them that they never ever will be able to dismiss you. And the way you do that is you get immersed in that customer. And with McDonald's over the years, we've been allowed to interact and meet guys like Kevin that are franchisee owners that are running those stores that have ideas about how they can make things better work and then things would filter up to the corporation and we would become ingrained and integrated. Yes? It's kind of an interesting relationship dynamic with McDonald's. It's changing a lot right now because as they modernize their management systems and modernize their, their um, operations, we're becoming more um, working in, more interactively with corporation, with corporate, and less with regions and fields and that type of thing. But it really is a healthy interaction. So we do a lot of market research, we do a lot of consumer insights. So we bring the bakery category and what's happening in the bakery category to them and we sit down and have conversations about where the category is going, what kinds of products do we need to be looking at five years down the road. We have those dialogues and then we work with their chefs in their kitchens, with their commercialization people. We're thoroughly ingrained throughout the whole organization, from supply chain, to chefs, to culinary, to, so we have put the effort against being an integral partner with McDonald's. It has been a primary directive of my father, then to me, now to my kids, and we are n not clouded about that. So there, think about, when you think about your own business, think about who those customers are. Because what I find a lot of times in business is that we think we have to have a continuous growing roster of companies that we do business with. Like more is better. Well, in my way of thinking, because the next thing I'm going to talk about is quality, but I'm not there yet. But right customers, in the area of right customers, you really need to understand who you're willing to, to lay down on the ground for if they call you at midnight and they've got a freezer that went out and you've got people on the ground that know that that's important to take care of that when they call. It infiltrates your whole organization. Everyone knows. So sometimes what I like to, to, to say to small business people is, is more better? Is that really the case? Or if you had fewer customers that everyone knew, these 10 customers we will drop anything for, or these five customers we will drop anything for and take care of their problem. If everyone in your organization knows who those people are and knows what that looks like, you would be amazed. You don't need as many customers when you embed yourself with the most important customers you have. And that comes from the top of the organization, it comes from all of you, and it comes down through your organization, and it means we're 
integrated, we're doing product development with them, we're doing market research with them, we're telling them, you know, more than just I'm coming in here, hey, I'm Joe Blow today and I've got $10 cheaper, this or that or the other, you know what I'm saying? Like, I consider that a transactional relationship. And I'll, I'll give you a little example real quick about the, just about the customer thing and then we'll talk quality, but I have a question, but I, let me just finish. So in our organization, we do business with Walmart. Uh, this is just in this room and, you know, it's a transactional relationship. Everybody in the world wants to do business with McDonald's and Walmart. For me, it was no question when Walmart came to us and started wanting to take up our time and started to pull our resources and our resources might go off of number one. When that started to happen, we were very clear with them. We are not putting in lines for you. We are not becoming a strategic customer with Walmart. You know why? Because they don't have a partnership approach. They'll, they'll cut your nose off and walk right away from you. It's, there's no point. So we treat them, we have those conversations with them, they have a couple of products of ours in, we don't spend the time, we don't go to the, do the research, we don't, we, they order it, we ship it. They order it, we ship it. If they want something special or something different, they've got to go somewhere else because I'm not going to invest in their business. Yes, because we're intimate with the values of a McDonald's the philosophy of a McDonald's, the way they treat, and believe me, there are no contracts with McDonald's. This is handshake. I have three facilities here, four facilities in China, and two facilities in Europe, all on hand handshakes with the products that we're making for McDonald's. We do, of our 350 million that we do in revenue, about 280 is McDonald's, no contracts. So that's a basis of 60 years, 70 years of being treated the same, being valued, being honored. So when I say know who you're going to partner with, know who it is, know who you'll go to the wall for, that's really, really important that you understand how they operate. And when push comes to shove, will they give you a chance to do workouts? Will they pay for inventory if they cut off a product? Will they negotiate with you? Will they, will they help you through some bad times? That's a partner. Yes? No, um, actually, my father in the cold call knew that McDonald's didn't have a dessert. He didn't know a lot about McDonald's because they were based up in Illinois. Um, but he was driving all over the all over the country because he had not invented this product yet. He was working on it because he saw the trend of people eating in their cars and drive-ins and all that coming in the 50s and the early 60s and more people eating, you know, in their cars, eating out. So he, 
felt the need to develop this handheld apple pie. And he knew it needed to be frozen and cooked on the side of the restaurant. And he developed all that with his eighth grade education, he and my mother, um, just basically talking to local restaurateurs and having them help, help him develop this. And then once he got in with Mr. Croc, he was a, afforded an opportunity to work with all of McDonald's developers. And they came up with this product, and it is still today, you know, 70 years in, unique, only available at McDonald's, and we are the only supplier of it. So that's, that's kind of a testament to that, to that relationship and what, what that means. And that's why there's a, a big um, carryover for you guys. You know, there's a customer in your portfolio that's like that. There may be two, but chances are there's not three. Chances are there's not four, and for sure there's probably not five or six. So I advocate a lot of times that the top 20% of your customers are getting, should be getting 80% of your effort. If you go and do a, a, a cross your organization and you see that you're supplying a lot more effort to get these lower customers, it, give it up, you know? Like, stop making it so hard for yourself. It's, it's, it's more of a turning thing, usually. So I advocate finding the top ones and putting all efforts against being integrated and, and, and getting into, into relationship with them. Um, the next thing is quality. So my grandparents established a quality basis for our products from the very beginning. My dad wrote a book um, a few years ago, and there's a story in there about my grandmother. So my dad had the great idea, and I don't know how many of us always think that these are great ideas, that we've got this great product that's selling and it's working, but we could throw a, a cheaper, you know, substance in there. We could put less, you know, people on it, or we could, if it's a service, we could take some untrained people and put them in there because they cost less. Any time you try to take something that's working and cheapen it. My father had the great idea to take some of my grandmother's recipes, and instead of putting whole eggs in there, because he thought, oh, whole eggs, this is a pain, you know, to crack these eggs and you get the shells, and let's put egg powder and put some milk powder and add some water and it'll taste the same. My grandmother came up to visit and she was eating the product. And she's like, very wisely, goes to my dad and said, okay, show me how you're making your lemon chest pie or whatever it was. So he pulls out the dried eggs and the powders and all this. She took a bowl and hit him over the head with it. <laughs> Boing! You know, and he's like, got these stars, and he still talks about, like he was standing there like he didn't even know what happened. He's seeing stars. Like his, his mother just hit him with an iron pot, you know? But she was trying to make the point to him is, you dope. You are sacrificing a great product that I developed for you with whole eggs and fresh this and everything in there, which is exactly where consumers want to eat today. Nobody wants to eat powdered anything or additives or anything. So lots of big food companies are going back 
to those recipes and taking out kinds of different things, we never had to do that because we didn't have them in there in the first place. So you've got to focus on the driver of your products and making sure that the customers that you have selected, the products that you're supplying them, they are the highest quality at the lowest cost. But highest quality comes first, lowest cost comes second, and the way that we do that at Bama is because I was fortunate to meet a guy by the name of Dr. W. Edward Deming. Again, introduced to me by my friends at McDonald's back in mid-90s because we were going through growth pains. We were starting to build plants in China. I was taking my eye off the ball in the U.S. We had some quality issues. I got pulled up to Chicago. It was becoming an, an issue for them. And they said, we've got to introduce you to this guy that is going to change your life because we're trying to bring him into McDonald's to work with us. His name is W. Edward Deming. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Anybody in this room ever heard of him? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a guru who was working for the U.S. Department of Statistics who was actually sent over to, and I'm going to have to watch my time here, he was sent over to Japan to help rebuild Japan after we uh, had the bombing. And he was brought back to the U.S. by the United States car manufacturers in the mid-70s because the United States car manufacturers could not sell a car because every car that was coming in that was being purchased was from Japan. And there was a documentary done by PBS called If Japan Can, Why Can't We? It's still available on YouTube and some parts of Dr. Deming speaking are on YouTube if you want to go out there and read some of it. But I was introduced to him. I was very fortunate to meet him. I started working with him and my life really was changed. So Deming's philosophy is about systems. It's about reducing variation. So variation means cost. Variation means scrap. Variation means rework. So we determine the cost of the scrap and the rework, and then we determine how do we reduce the rework? How do we reduce scrap? How do we reduce do-overs and costly things that maybe we don't see on our P&Ls, but they're there? So we work on things that aren't on the balance sheet and aren't on the P&L. We go out on the plant floor. We reduce scrap. We train people. We have a whole series of things that we do to drive highest possible quality at lowest possible cost. But that is the market driver. If you can do that in your business, if you can have the highest possible quality of whatever is out there and the lowest possible cost of whatever is out there, you will capture market share. And that has been the cornerstone of my philosophy and how we have grown Bama over the last 20 years. It's been seriously focused on those three things. Family involvement, customer management, highest possible quality at lowest possible cost. So I haven't had a chance to tell you anything about me as a person. I, I have kids. They're all in the business at this time. 
Um, I am divorced, but it's not because, you know, anything that we have time for that story, but that's a whole other story. But I do run my business as a spirit-based, uh, faith-based company. We have a lot of very spiritual, very honest, dynamic, high-integrity people at my business. We pray. We are not ashamed about that. And we believe that that is the cornerstone of our success, is our faith, our focus on the right customers, and our focus and dedication to family and to, to quality. So, yes. So, in two or three years with McDonald's, and then other companies, you personally, I mean, what would you say is the Right, right. And, and as I said earlier, it is changing. There's a, a big um, shift going on. But I think what always we come back to with, with all of our customers, but with spe specifically with McDonald's, is we always have been able to demonstrate that our quality is the highest and our costs are the lowest. We are on a completely open book system with them. We go in every year, we share food costs, we share our cost of labor, what our cost of our overhead, our GNA, profit, everything we share. It's called an open book philosophy. And we started doing that back in 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> no question about it. And I will say, over the years, I have learned so much more from them than they have from me. But all of our quality and all of our um, dimming philosophy, I've been up at, at their colleges. I've been allowed in Hammer University. We've been asked to teach that and train that because we are a unique supplier in that regard. And they do have us up there routinely to push other suppliers to try to adopt these philosophies because they work. So, we're up at we're up in their uh, training center uh, at least two times a year, doing um, you know t training highest cost highest possible quality for lowest possible cost. We're teaching Deming principles. We're trying to get other companies to adopt those, um, and so it is it is recognized. Believe me. It is recognized. How much of these millions of pies are actually made down here by University of Tulsa? Uh, there's about uh, probably of the three million, we're probably making a million there. And then our other facility at uh, Admiral and Lewis, I don't know if you've seen that. When you come in on 75, you see the silos there that say BAM on them. We'll make about two million, two and a half million pies in Admiral and Lewis about a million over on 11th Street. So, yeah, they're all made here. Yes? Well, that's an interesting um, philosophy. Most of the hamburger bun suppliers are, are also well-established, have been doing business with McDonald's for over 60 years. And it, it wasn't a strength of mine. So when my father went to Ray and we started developing the pie, we, we went a different direction, and, and, and bakeries with, with 
loaves of bread and all that kind of stuff is a whole different animal. Um, we're in a much more unique, our products are unique. You can't just go out and buy them anywhere. And we've got the supply system set up, so it makes it difficult to move, move supply. But that's been done by, you know, on purpose. So um, we've done it willingly with, with them. We partner with them every step of the way, so. We do have a cherry pie, yes, um, and that is a local uh, store uh, franchising co-op decision. So um, Apple is standard on every menu, every McDonald's around the world has that, and then they can vote by co-op by co-op to have the other flavors. So, <laughs> yes, that's the cherry pie guy. Yeah, oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> he's the guy to thank for the cherries. <laughs> yes. It's very explicit. My dad and Ray made an agreement. My dad and Fred Turner, who, was, who took over after Ray, and I have agreements with Steve Easterbrook today, who's running McDonald's today. It's Handshake. The product is yours. It will never show up on any of these other chains. And they view that as a competitive advantage because a lot of the other suppliers don't do that. They, they, you'll see chicken nuggets here, there, and everywhere. You'll see... Beef is very common. I mean, you know, there, there's only so many beef manufacturers. There's only so many French fry people. You'll see sometimes French fry products in Lamb Wesson in the grocery stores. And so we've been through those conversations with McDonald's, and it's just I'm never going to put their biscuit into a box and, and put it into a grocery store. Grocery stores are not my forte. We don't want to be in the grocery business. That's another thing we're very clear about. Like I told you, Walmart's transactional. They're a grocery store. We don't do that. We don't want to do that. We we are strictly quick service restaurant. Oh yeah. So the, what's the B Corp? So the B Corp was founded uh, many many years ago. It is an IRS designation, Benefits Corp, and it's and it's become a uh, a more important um, part of the conversation around sustainability around, uh, you know, being good for the environment, being good to people, um, having the right culture in place. Um, what is your reach in a community? How much do you help others? What is your, and, and it's called being good for the planet. So business, using business as a force for good. So all of you know, you can pick up any, any business book ever and then you read how, you know, the Dane of, of every discussion is all these businesses, that's all they want to do is take, take, take. They never want to give anything back. And so there's a movement in the big public companies to, um, to, to have sustainability, to have corporate activism, to really look at what their reach is in the world. And so as a supplier, we are also uh, required to have these programs. But we went off and searched for a, a, an overarching um, sort of, you know, way of looking at corporate sustainability. The name corporate sustainability is, it doesn't even sound good. So we're trying to, you know, make the B Corp be a softer way of saying we're good for the planet, we're good for the community, we're good for our people, and we're good for, we're, we're using our business as a force for good. And we are at Bama. 
We're doing a lot of community outreach. I don't know how many of you guys have volunteerism programs that your team members can go out and volunteer. My guys have, we're down at the food bank, we're down at the homeless centers. I've got teams of people that can't wait to go out and work with disadvantaged youth, work uh, with the, I know that you guys had, um, you know, the uh, Food on the Move. We're also working with, with Food on the Move. So, you know, looking at ways that your team members can get involved um, in the community. And what I find is that they're more, uh, they have more gratitude um, for their job when they are able to get out and do some volunteerism and help others. So with that, yes! One thing, one thing. I don't even need the microphone, but I will. <laughs> Paula is a very humble person. You know, as you said, McDonald's, you know, is really good for her company. We have top suppliers in McDonald's all over the world, but, you know, three or four that you may have heard of in Tyson Foods and Coca-Cola and, you know, lesser known, Lopez Foods over in Oklahoma City, four top suppliers for McDonald's, not only in the United States, but also around the globe. And what they bring, I mean, Paula in and of herself is a great, great employer for the state of Oklahoma. I would say for the United States of America. What she does for her people is unbelievable. She, health care internal to her folks was cool long before there was a thing called Obamacare or any of this stuff. The things she does for taking care of her folks, helping her folks in times of need, you know, is just a true leader for the community. And I appreciate all the kind words you have for me, but by far, you should be running for office, by the way. No. Um, <laughs> but really, really superb. And, you know, this is the handshake thing is it, it just makes everybody think, how can a multi-billion dollar global corporation simply do contracts by handshake? And that's the way it's always been, all the way back to Coca-Cola. The relationship, we sell more Coke than anybody in the world, and it's all on a handshake. So I, I just want to say she's great to have a partner for a partner here in Tulsa and around the world. So thank you. Pat. Thank you. Thank you. So I turn it back to you. Yeah. So thank you all very much for all the questions, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.